Hello, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. And we hope this message will help you grow in your walk with Christ. And if you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so by visiting theroadfc.org and click on the giving link. Well, good morning. Pastor Grace is going to give the sermon this morning, so I have the privilege of reading the Bible story. Now, this Bible story that I'll read is also the text for her sermon. Uh, And so let's read the story that may be familiar to you, uh, but as Grace mentioned last week, there's always something new to learn. It's the story of the Exodus, um, and it's out of our Children of God storybook Bible. And this story is titled, Let My People Go, from Exodus chapter 7 through 15. Now Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go. But Pharaoh said, no. God sent, so God sent plagues to convince Pharaoh to let the Hebrew people go. First, he turned the water into blood. Then he sent frogs and gnats and flies. Then the cattle died and the peoples and their animals got sores all over their skin. Now there was thunder and hail and a great cloud of locusts filled the sky and darkness covered the land for three days. And after each plague, Pharaoh agreed to let the Hebrew people go. But then he would harden his heart and say, no. Finally, God wept because now he had to send the most terrible plague of all. Mark your doors with lamb's blood, God told Moses to the Hebrew families. And on that dreadful night, death passed through the the streets. And in every Egyptian family, the firstborn died. Now the Hebrews called that night Passover because death had passed over the Hebrews and their homes that were marked with the lamb's blood and spared their children's lives. Gone, be gone, Pharaoh said, as he held the body of his eldest son. The Hebrews quickly left, but when Pharaoh saw that there was no one to build his pyramids, he hardened his heart once again. He sent his army to chase after the Hebrews and bring them back into slavery. The Hebrews fled from Egypt and at last arrived at the edge of a sea. Now they looked behind them and saw Pharaoh's horses and chariots racing toward them. They were trapped. God, help us, they cried. Moses said, do not be afraid, for God is with us. Now God told Moses to hold his staff over the sea. God blew back the water with a mighty wind, leaving leaving a dry path through the sea. So the Hebrews crossed over on dry land the water forming a wall on their left and on their right. The Egyptian chariots followed, but their wheels got stuck in the mud. The Hebrews watched in awe as the waters returned and swallowed up Pharaoh's army. At last, they were finally free. Now Moses led the people in a song of joy. And then his sister Miriam shook the tambourine and the women sang and danced to thank God for saving them. Now this story also comes with a prayer. Dear God, help me to bring freedom to all of your children. This is the word of God 
for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so now let's listen carefully as Pastor Grace brings us the last installment of our series called Her Story and tells us the story of Harriet Tubman. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you can join us today. For some of you who are new around here, my name is Grace. I'm the children's pastor here at Emmaus, and I'll be preaching today. Today, we are wrapping up our series called Her Story, where we are hearing about awesome women who devote their lives to Jesus. Who are some women from the Bible or from history or today who you admire for their devotion to Jesus? When we really think about it, I bet each of us can think of so many women who have inspired us to follow Jesus as they do and have been examples to us of God's love. In the fourth grade, I read a story about Harriet Tubman. She amazed me and her story also horrified me. Harriet Tubman was a woman who was born in the early 1820s. This was a time in our history when white people enslaved black people. Harriet was enslaved just like her parents were and before them, her grandmother, who was kidnapped from her home in Africa and brought across the ocean to become enslaved to a white person. Fourth grade was long ago, but as I re-educated myself about her story in the last couple weeks, I was again amazed and horrified. Horrified at the sins of our white ancestors to enslave other human beings and mistreat them and deny them their rights some even misusing the Bible to justify what they did. And then I was also amazed at this incredible woman and what she did for herself to find freedom and then lead others to freedom as well. Pastor Andy read us a story of the Exodus when Moses, with God's help, led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. He confronted Pharaoh many times to let God's people go and the Pharaoh refused. And after finally agreeing to let them go, he changed his mind. Because why? How could he get anything done without his free labor? Now, the Israelites were still able to escape, even after Pharaoh tried to pursue them and get them again. But with the faithful leadership of Moses, and who followed what God commanded him, they were free from slavery. And eventually, after quite a while, they made it to the promised land. This is a really incredible story. An oppressed, enslaved group of people who were set free, made it to a land of milk and honey, a land of plenty. To go from being enslaved to that must have been pretty amazing for them. Harriet Tubman eventually became known as a kind of Moses. And I'm gonna share more about her story, and I think you might be able to figure out why and how she earned that reputation. Now to give you an image of who we are talking about, here is a beautiful artistic depiction of Harriet Tubman found in the book, Holy Troublemakers and Unconventional Saints. You could also search some images on your phone to help put a face to her name and story. Now, even though Harriet was born into slavery, and that's the only life she had lived up until this point, she knew it was wrong and evil. She knew it was not right to be forced to work for free every day, to live in fear of violence, to not have enough to eat, 
or even facing the possibility that she could be sold to another plantation where conditions could be worse than what they were. This was all she knew, but she knew it was wrong and she dreamt of freedom, even from a very young age. Even when her mom urged her to fake happiness and politeness so she could be treated better and be given easier jobs, she just couldn't fake it. Harriet's slaveholders could sense her desire for freedom and tried to discourage it by trying to constantly find reasons to punish her. But she kept dreaming about freedom, about the injustice of enslavement being put right. As she found herself working in the field at the plantation, she and the other enslaved people sang songs, and many of them were inspired by the story of Moses leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt and from other Hebrew scriptures. I'm going to read to you some lyrics from two songs. And while I do, you can think about how enslaved people might have identified with these lyrics and with these stories. The first is from the song, Go Down Moses. When Israel was in Egypt's land, let my people go, oppressed so hard they could not stand. Let my people go. Go down, Moses, way down in Egypt's land. Tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. And the other is from a song called, Didn't My Lord Deliver Daniel? <clears throat> Didn't my Lord deliver Daniel? Didn't my Lord deliver Daniel? Didn't my Lord deliver Daniel? And why not every man? He delivered Daniel from the lion's den. Jonah from the belly of the whale, and the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace. Why not every man? And these are just a small portion of each of those songs. Singing is a helpful tool for focusing on work, but these songs were more than that. Today they are known as spirituals. They have themes of liberating the oppressed and even became used as secret codes to send messages about the Underground Railroad, which I'll talk more about later. And the people who oversaw their work didn't seem to notice. They just thought that they were singing because they were happy. They didn't bother listening to the messages or anything. Harriet worked and she sang, and as she participated in these songs, she promised herself one day she would be free. I love the lyrics that list those who were liberated and rescued in scripture and then asking the question, why not every man? God's freedom is for all, and Jesus works to make all things new, for the injustices to be corrected. Harriet must have strongly identified with the Israelites who were enslaved by the Egyptians. She knew the pain of that work, the risks, the fear, and she knew they were freed, and she could not stop that hope that God wanted the same for her. While being literally enslaved and abused, she still managed to have hope for freedom and hope in God. She desired for this wrong to be made right. Now Harriet's dad knew that Harriet desired this freedom and also knew how dangerous and risky it was to try and escape. And so he taught her trips, tips about navigating the woods when they would take walks together. He taught her what was safe for eating, how to hide and be still, 
how to find her way north by following the moss, moss by day, and the North Star by night. The North Star became a special sign for Harriet, one that reminded her that God wanted people who are enslaved to be free. Perhaps you have learned some survival tips too. Mostly we are just learning those for an unlikely emergency or to make sure we're enjoying our free time outdoors in a safe way. Our parents never taught us those survival skills because they were worried about us in the same way that Harriet's dad was worried about her. He taught her because he knew she would need it to stay alive and escape to freedom. Harriet also learned a lot from her mother about her herbal remedies, but it wasn't because they wanted to go the natural route so they could not pollute their bodies or sell a bunch of balms in their Etsy shop. It was because they did not have access to the same health care that white people did. Harriet almost died when she was a teenager. She was standing up for another enslaved person and an overseer hurt her and her head was injured. It cracked her skull and her slaveholders just kept her without any sort of medical care for two whole days. Eventually, she was taken to her mom who nursed her back to health, which took several months. Her mom gave Harriet most of her own food and used the herbal remedies to help Harriet recover. Harriet continued to have health problems because of this her whole life, including narcolepsy, which is when you fall asleep in an instant without any sort of warning. It was a very serious condition for her to have, and she didn't have any medical professionals treating her or helping her cope because she didn't have access to it. She had to do just the best she could with herbal remedies and learning how to cope with it. This reminds me of when the Pharaoh demanded that the, demanded the Hebrew midwives kill all the male babies they deliver. But because their healthcare was compromised, the Hebrew women delivered their children before the midwives arrived to save their children from this fate. This situation is how Moses ended up being saved and brought up in the house of Pharaoh, only to end up leading the Israelites to freedom. Slavery existed and was supported in the South because that's where the plantations were, able to grow their crops, and without the enslaved people doing their work uh, for free, uh, the, planta the plantations wouldn't be able to make money. This is kind of like how Pharaoh realized all his free labor just left, and now he was in a bind. So most abolitionists, and that's people who wanted to abolish slavery, were in the North. But there were a few in the South. There was a group called the Quakers who were abolitionists. A Quaker is a type of Christian denomination. In, 14, in 1849, Harriet was going to be sold because her plantation owner had died. And so she decided to take a big risk and approach a woman to find out if she was a safe white person. And she was a Quaker woman. Harriet knocked on her door and she answered and said, thee is most welcome here. Quakers spoke a little differently than everybody else. So this woman taught Harriet about the Underground Railroad, which was a team of safe houses that assisted people as they escaped enslavement and went north to be free. They let people sleep, gave them food and clothes, and also gave them directions to the next house. 
the people who worked the Underground Railroad faced huge fines and jail time if they got caught because it was illegal to help people escape enslavement. The abolitionists knew they were breaking the law, but they did it anyway because the laws were unjust and they knew God wanted all people to be free too. They knew they needed to do the important work of following Jesus' example of making wrong things right and freeing the captives. A few nights after she met this woman, Harriet started her journey north. She used the navigating and safety tips her dad taught her. She sang the songs she used to sing in the fields to remind herself that God meant for all people to be free. She walked in the middle of creeks to hide her scent from the hunting dogs chasing after her. But something happened. She had a narcolepsy spell. And when she woke up, there were patrollers nearby searching for her. Yikes. But she remembered how her father taught her to be still and quiet. The search team moved on and she made it out of there. She stayed in safe houses along the way and finally made it to Pennsylvania where she was free. Harriet shared this quote when she recounted her story. I looked at my hands to see if I was still the same person now that I was free. There was such glory over everything. The sun shone like gold through the trees and over the fields, and I felt like I was in heaven. This taste of freedom, though life would still not be perfect or easy, is a taste of heaven for her. She knew this freedom was what God wanted for her and all people. And now here she was, free. But her own freedom was not the end of the story. She wanted others to know this freedom as well. She wanted to continue God's work of making wrong things right and setting captives free. She became a conductor of the Underground Railroad, leading so many other people to freedom, just as Moses led his people to freedom. So did Harriet which is how she became known as a kind of Moses. Harriet led people to freedom using those navigation tips from her dad and herbal remedies from her mom when people became sick or injured along the way. They used the spiritual songs as secret signals to tell people about the Underground Railroad. There was a large reward for her capture, but she still persisted in taking and risking her own freedom and safety to help others find that freedom as well. It was her passion and she knew it was worth it. Harriet continued this work all the way until the start of the Civil War in which she had roles as a cook, a nurse, and even as a spy. She fought for women's right to vote and worked hard to improve the lives of people who used to be enslaved. Harriet was an incredible woman whose life reveals so much of Jesus to us. She never stopped working to help others find freedom. She freed literal captives. She stood up for the oppressed. She knew God wanted all people to be free and that all people were valuable. We see a lot of Harriet's story in the Exodus story. We see God liberating the oppressed and bringing freedom. And this freedom is a glimpse of the full freedom in Christ when the new creation is complete, when there won't be any more tears, no pain, no captivity, no oppression or abuse, all things will be made new and all the wrongs will be made right. 
let's not just look back on Harriet's work and think, wow, she did amazing things, and now things are so much better. Instead, let's be inspired by her life and realize that there is still so much to do to make so many wrong things right. Slavery still exists. Healthcare disparities still exist. Racism still exists. Violence, hatred, and selfishness still dominate people and systems. The Christian life is where we live like Jesus and join his redemptive work here and now to free the enslaved and stand up for the oppressed, to treat all humans with respect and dignity, to make things better for all people and not just accept that what even may just seem like a small difference in equality or treatment. This is the redemptive work of God that we are called to be a part of. How can you join this work?